Maybe you feel like praising God today. Maybe you feel God's presence, that he's right here with you. Maybe you feel the joy of the Lord, or maybe you don't. And maybe you feel like God is a million miles away today. But I want you to know he's right here. Whether you feel it or not, you know, I have to say that God has spoken to me some of the most powerful things in my life at church when I didn't really feel like going, but I did it anyway. And God began to speak to me, and he changed my heart and my life, and he helped me make some of the biggest decisions of my life when I came to church and I didn't really feel like it. And maybe today you're here and you don't really feel God's presence right now. Maybe you feel like God has forgotten you. Maybe you've connected online and you didn't really feel like it at first. Maybe you didn't feel like coming to church. But it's not about your feelings, it's about your faithfulness. Because you see, feelings always follow faithfulness. And whether you feel it or not, when you begin to sing, you begin to experience God. And he even changes your feelings. It's all about faithfulness. Do you believe that God wants to speak to you today something life-changing? Do you believe that, Woodland Church? I do. I know he wants to speak something through his word that will change your life. So let's pray together. Dear God, we thank you that you're here right now. You're here to meet with us in a divine appointment. I thank you for everyone worshiping with us in Atascacita, everyone here in the Woodlands, everyone who have connected with us through our online campus, wherever they are in the world. I know that you're right there with them and that you have a powerful word today. Lord, that faithfulness changes our feelings. And that faithfulness brings blessing. So I pray today that you would bless everyone within the sound of my voice. Bless everyone with your word, Lord, because you've got a specific personal word you want to share with them today that's life-changing. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Growing up, I remember watching one of the best relief pitchers of all time, Tug McGraw. He won two World Series with the New York Mets, and then he became a Philadelphia Phillies legend. He was one of the best closers in Phillies history. And I just liked watching Tug McGraw come in and close out a game because he was fiery. He was passionate, not afraid to show his feelings. And he was really quirky, too. He was a left-handed closer, and he would take his glove on the mound and start hitting his leg to kind of fire himself up. And I love that quirkiness about him. He was also a big encourager to his team. He coined the phrase, you gotta believe. And then after baseball, he became a broadcaster. But in 2003, at the age of 59, doctors discovered a brain tumor. And they gave Tug McGraw just three months to live. He ended up living nine months, but during that brief time, he wasn't concerned about his legacy of being a baseball legend. He spent all his time leaving an important legacy. He poured his life into his family and into efforts to draw attention and raise money for a cure for brain cancer. He also tried to reconcile with a part of his past he would tried to ignore. See, he had a wife and kids, but he also had another son that he had ignored all those years. The mother, Elizabeth 
D'Agostino didn't tell her son about his famous father because she too just wanted to forget about that time in her life. But the son, Tim, found his birth certificate and was shocked to discover that his father was his favorite baseball player. So Tim changed his name from Tim Trimble to Tim McGraw. And as an adult, Tim reached out to his father and they became close. And when Tug McGraw got brain cancer, they became really close. And in the end, Tug McGraw died at Tim McGraw's Nashville home. And of course, Tim McGraw has gone on to sell more than 80 million records and is one of the best-selling artists of all time, an even bigger legend than his father. But more important than any legend status is that Tug McGraw proved it's never too late to leave a legacy. And you and I may never be legends, but we can all leave a legacy. It's kind of like planting a small tree, knowing that you may never be able to enjoy the shade of that tree, but you plant that tree knowing that maybe your kids or grandkids can enjoy the shade when that oak tree gets full grown. And by the way, what is the best time to plant a tree? It was 20 years ago. But the second best time to plant a tree is today. And I want to bring an encouraging message here on this Father's Day, that it's never too late to leave a legacy. And I want us to look at a passage today where we see that David, this man after God's own heart, is about to die. He's come to the end of his life of faith. And he brings his son Solomon in, and he says, Son, I've left you the kingdom, and it's in good shape. I'm leaving a legacy to you of the kingdom, but I'm leaving something even more important, a legacy of faith in you. I want us to open our Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 2. Would you stand in honor of God's word and follow along with me? As the time of King David's death approached, he gave this charge to his son Solomon. I'm going where everyone on earth must someday go. Take courage and be a man. You can be seated. I love that. David challenged Solomon to step up and be a strong man. He said, step up and be a man of real strength and real courage that leaves a legacy of faith. Now, a lot of guys today have never been taught how to be a man. They've never been taught how to be a strong man a truly strong man of faith. Maybe you were taught how to be successful at business or, or you were taught how to make money or you were taught how to look outwardly successful. There's nothing wrong with those things. It's just that they won't leave a legacy that's eternal. You know, those things are fine and good, but it's not success that leaves a legacy. In fact, you can be legendary at success. You can be a legend and so successful that everyone knows your name and not leave a legacy. It's not success that leaves a legacy. It's significance that leaves a legacy. And we're going to look in this passage about how we can leave a legacy. See, outwardly, we can appear strong and confident and in control. But on the inside, we can be filled with insecurity and selfishness and lust. You see, I think the biggest fear of every man is the fear that he will be found out that he's a fraud. 
For you see, I think every man fears that he's going to be found out one day, that everyone's going to find out he's not always cracked up to be, that he doesn't have it all together, that he's got faults and failures. And so we try to cover up using success. We try to use success to cover our failures and our faults and our true feelings because if you really know my weaknesses and my failures, you might not respect me. And God has placed a deep desire in every man's heart to be respected. But here's the problem. When we try to cover up all our weaknesses and faults with this appearance of success, then we focus on image rather than integrity. And the problem with that is image can never leave a lasting legacy that's eternal. You see, an image can make you legendary, but an image can never leave a legacy that truly matters. Now, I want you to look at what King David says because basically he's saying you don't have to have it all together to leave a legacy. In fact, you won't. I mean, you can have great failures and and messes and still leave a legacy. In fact, David proved that. You know, he messed up in a huge way. He had an epic failure, but he still left a legacy of faith. And it's never too late to leave a legacy. So David says in this next passage in 1 Kings 1, 4, how you do that. He says, if you do this, then the Lord will keep the promise he made to me. He told me, if your descendants live as they should and follow me faithfully with all their heart and soul, one of them will always be on the throne of Israel. So David says, if you and your descendants follow God faithfully, then you will leave a legacy and they will continue to leave a legacy that goes on after they're gone. Now focus on the word faithfully. And here's the key. Faithfulness will determine your legacy. Your legacy will be determined by your faithfulness, not by your wealth, not by your talent, not by your educational level, not by your intellect, not even by your work ethic. Your faithfulness will determine your legacy. It's all about faithfulness. And then David goes on to tell Solomon what faithfulness is all about. He says, be a faithful follower of God. If I'm gonna leave a legacy, I have to be a faithful follower of Christ. In 1 Kings 2, 3, he says, observe the requirements of the Lord your God and follow all his ways. Keep the decrees, commands, regulations, and laws written in the law of Moses so that you will be successful in all you do and wherever you go. He says, faithfully follow the God who made you. See, you were made to take great risk in faith, to live a daring adventure, to fight epic battles and live life to the full, and you can only do that when you follow Jesus Christ. And when you follow Christ, you may not be comfortable. In fact, you won't. It may not be safe, but you will live life to the full. When you follow the God who made you, you discover what real life is all about. Now, that word follow is so important. When we faithfully follow, I know a lot of men who like to lead. And they like to make their own rules, call their own shots, and they like to tell everyone else what to do. But you'll never be a great leader until you learn to be a great follower. And a lot of men today have authority issues, and they make really bad leaders 
because they don't know how to follow. And until you learn how to submit to authority, you can never really know how to be in authority. It's so important to get over your authority issues. You can have a title as a leader. You can have a title on your desk or on your door, but that title means nothing. It doesn't make you a leader. The way you know that you're a leader is you look back and someone's following you. And if you've got a title and you think you're a leader, but you look back and no one's following you, you're just taking a walk. You may have a title and you may tell everyone you're a leader, but you're not a leader. And until you learn to submit to authority, you'll never know how to be in authority. Well, David says to Solomon, if you're gonna be the leader of all Israel, there's someone you better follow. You can be the king of Israel, but you better follow the king of kings. There's someone above you. Don't ever think that there's no one above you. For those of you who own your own business, for those of you who are a CEO, there's always someone above you. From the lowest to the highest, there's only one that really matters that's above you, and that's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so Solomon could have thought, hey, I can do whatever I want. But David was trying to tell him, if you do whatever you want, you won't leave a lasting legacy unless you follow the King of Kings, unless you realize that you're under his authority. And by the way, you men and women out there who are leaders and managers, be the leader that you'd want to follow. I think about that often. Am I the leader that I would want to follow? Am I the one that I would want to work for? And sometimes I think, yeah, I really would. I'm leading really great. I would really like to, you know, to follow me today. And then other times I'm thinking, man, if I was my boss, I would quit. Think about that. Are you the kind of leader that you'd want to follow. Well, David tells Solomon something else that's real important from that verse. He's basically saying, be faithful in the small things and God will do big things in your life. He says, follow all his ways, the big things and the small things. Do those things that God wants you to do when no one gives you credit for it, when no one is looking because integrity is who you are when no one is looking. Don't just look to do the big outward things to follow God, but do the little things to follow God. And David says, God told me, Solomon, if you do the little things and you obey God in everything, that he will do a big and great thing through you and you will leave a lasting legacy. So many men today get impatient. We're always looking for the big thing, the next big thing. The next big thing in finance is to make money. The next big thing in our career, and sometimes we even look for the next big thing to do for God. As Christ followers, it's like, God, I want to do something big for you. When God says, it's faithfulness in the small things that leaves a lasting legacy. But we get impatient, and we go from one thing to the next. And Dennis Swanberg says, nothing of significance ever happens to those who bail. If you bail, you fail to leave a lasting legacy. One of the devotional books that I and millions of others have really enjoyed over the years is a book by Oswald Chambers called My Utmost for His Highest. And it has a devotional for every day of the year. It's one of the most influential Christian books of all time. And Oswald Chambers 
was born in Aberdeen, Scotland in 1874, and he was almost unknown during his lifetime. He was a teacher at a small Bible college, and when World War I broke out, he volunteered to go to Cairo and be a chaplain to teach and encourage the troops who were training there. And so he and his wife moved to Egypt, and they lived in a little hut. And every day he would teach just a small handful of troops, and they would listen intently to his powerful devotionals before they went off to the trenches to die. They lived in that little hut just every day doing ministry. But then, at the age of 41, Oswald Chambers died after an emergency appendectomy. His body lay in the shadow of the great pyramids built by the legend Pharaohs. And Oswald Chambers died a nobody. He died totally unknown, totally an unimportant man, but he was faithful. He was faithfully following God with all his heart. He was faithful to the small ministry that God had given him. He was faithful in the little things, and that's why the story doesn't end there. For Oswald Chambers' wife could dictate it 150 words a minute. And so every time in that small little hut, he was teaching those devotionals to those soldiers She was dictating every word. And after the war, she moved back to Oxford and she ran a boarding house just to make a living. But every spare moment she got, she would go down to the basement and she would transcribe her dictation. And she would type it out into those daily devotions that we know is my utmost for his highest. You see, Oswald Chambers was in eternity. But his legacy of faith has changed the lives of millions upon millions. Even today, millions of people every day are blessed by Oswald Chambers' life. It's not about the big thing. It's about faithfully doing what God calls you in the small thing, and God will do a big thing through you. When Chris and I first started Woodlands Church, we wanted to do something big and great for God, and we had good intentions for the most part. It was like, I believe God wanted to do great things. But then when the congregation dropped down to eight people, we were like, God, did we miss your will? God, do we really know what we're doing? God, but God really impressed upon our hearts. I don't need you to do something big and great for me. Just be faithful week in and week out. Just obey me week in and week out and leave the results to me. Because if you'll just take steps of faith and do the small things, I will do something big and great through you. And so we came back and decided that If just one person came to Christ at Woodland Church, it would all be worth it. If just one eternity was changed, it would all be worth it. If the church was eight people and one of those people came to Christ and their eternity, their eternal destiny was changed forever and then the church folded, it would all be worth it. And we would leave the results to God. And you know, every week, that's what we say. If just one more person comes to Christ, it'll all be worth it. Just one more person Just one more. Lord, just bring one more into the fold. Just one more, and it'll all be worth it. You see, God doesn't need you to do something big and great for him. He just asks you to take small steps of faith to obey him in the small things so he can do something big and great. That's what our God wants to do. And that's why Zechariah 4.10 says, who dares despise the day of small things? And there's some man here today, maybe some woman here today, or worshiping online, or at a Tascacita, 
and you're feeling like, man, I'm wasting my life. But yet you know you're following God. You follow God in the little things. Don't bail. You trust God in the little things, day in and day out, faithfully. Maybe you're a mom of a preschooler, and man, you're thinking, it seems like everything I do gets totally undone by the end of the day, and there's no one there to see it. You're building a legacy is what you're doing. Just be faithful. Just be faithful. Just be faithful. Maybe you're a man or a woman who has been passed over for a promotion recently, and no one's seen the work you've done. No one's recognized what God sees. God knows you work for him. Just be faithful. He'll take care of you. You just be faithful. Be faithful in the small things. Stop looking for that big next thing. You just be faithful in the small things. And God will do something big. He'll take care of it. Well, David tells Solomon, faithfully follow God. Be faithful in the small things. God will do a big thing in your life. But then he tells them something strange next. In 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 5, he says, and there is something else. You know what Joab, son of Zariah, did to me when he murdered my two army commanders, Abner, son of Ner, and Amasa, son of Jether? He pretended that it was an act of war, but it was done in a time of peace, staining his belt and sandals with innocent blood. Do with him what you think best, but don't let him grow old and go to his grave in peace. Now, at first glance, this sounds like something out of the Godfather, doesn't it? I mean, it's like David brings Solomon in and... And he grabs his cheeks and pulls him close and says, son, son, you know what Joab did when he whacked two of my guys. I need you to do a job for me. I don't care how you do it. Just whack him. I mean, that's what it sounds like to me. It's revenge. But no, that's not what it is. David is saying, Solomon, you know, Joab's an evil man, and he's not going away. And he wants to take away your kingdom. He wants to take away your legacy. And if you ignore him, he's going to become more powerful. If you run from him, then he's going to take away your legacy. David was saying, you better face your giants head on. You better faithfully face your giant. And don't run from it. You see, if I want to leave a legacy, I have to faithfully face my giants head on, not run away from them, not ignore them. Hey, and David knew something about giants, didn't he? I mean, when David faced Goliath as a teenager, he ran toward the giant when everyone else was running away in fear because he knew his God was greater than that giant. He knew his God was so big that that giant looked like a little ant to David. And so he ran toward him, and we know the story. He had the slingshot and the small, smooth stone, and he hit Goliath right in the forehead, and the giant went down with a thud. Everyone else said, he's too big. And David said, he's too big to miss. And he knocked him down. But what we don't talk about very much is that David didn't know if Goliath was just knocked out or he was dead, but he wanted to make sure of it. He didn't want to take any chances, so he ran over, takes Goliath's sword, and cuts the giant's head off. What a powerful principle there. So many times I face a giant in my life, a problem, and, and I knock the giant down, and then I feel pretty good and like a horror movie. 
he comes right back to life because I don't cut the giant's head off. Sometimes I face a character flaw in my life and I I get a little bit of victory and knock the giant down, but I don't cut the head off and take the ax to the root and that giant comes back to be devastating in my life. And some of the biggest giants you'll ever face are your character flaws and your sins and your screw-ups to face them head on and take the ax to the root to cut the giant's head off. For you see, David's biggest giant was an epic fail. But he faithfully faced his failures. David committed adultery with Bathsheba and he had her husband Uriah sent to the front line so he'd be killed and then David just went on like everything was okay. He's the king, he could make those decisions, everything was all right. But then God just knocked him to his knees with conviction. And David, he faithfully faced his unfaithfulness. And this is crucial. Nobody has it all together. Everybody fails. But you gotta faithfully face your failures if you wanna leave a legacy. And in Psalms 51, this whole psalm was written after David's sin and after he was just floored by his conviction and he was broken and he was devastated because of his sins. And he comes to God in verse one and he says, O loving and kind God, have mercy, have pity upon me and take away the awful stain of my transgressions. O wash me, cleanse me from this guilt. Let me be pure again for I admit my shameful deed. It haunts me day and night. It is against you and you alone I sinned and did this terrible thing. You saw it all and your sentence against me is just. So David admitted his sin to God. He didn't try to run from it. He didn't in shame walk away from God, run from God. He ran right into God's arms and he admitted the depth of his sin. He admitted the devastation of his evil act. He didn't try to minimize it and say, well, Lord, I mean, you kind of understand. Everybody's doing that today. There's a lot of adultery out there. God, you understand, don't you? I mean, I just kind of got caught up when I was the king and I could kind of do whatever I want. I know I shouldn't have, but that's kind of what happened. And by the way, Bathsheba, she was bathing outside. She should have never done that. I mean, he could have made all kinds of excuses, but he said, God, my sin is as bad as it gets. And so I bring it to you. I don't minimize it. I receive the consequences of it. I don't gripe about the consequences I deserve punishment, but I'm coming to you for forgiveness. And in Psalm 51, 7, he says, sprinkle me with the cleansing blood and I shall be clean again. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. And after you have punished me, give me back my joy again. Don't keep looking at my sins. Erase them from your sight. Create in me a new clean heart, O God, filled with clean thoughts and right desires. You see, he knew the depth of his sin, and that's why he went right to God, because he knew God was the only one who could forgive him. He said, against you and you only have I sinned. He knew he had sinned against his family, against Bathsheba, against Uriah, against the whole kingdom. But he knew it was God that he had sinned against the greatest. And he says, only you can forgive me, God. Only you can cleanse me. And I accept the consequences, and I want you to make me different He repented of that sin. 
You see, he faithfully faced his unfaithfulness. And I have to faithfully face my unfaithfulness and failures because failures won't keep you from leaving a legacy. It's not facing your failures that keep you from leaving a legacy because many times we try to run away in shame and we minimize it instead of just taking all the shame and all the guilt and the depth of our sin and just running to the cross and receiving grace. When you, in shame, move away into the darkness, when you, in shame, try to ignore it, then you really take a flight away from grace because God's grace is there. And David was a man after God's own heart because he faithfully faced his failures. But then he goes on to say in 1 Kings 2, verse 7, Be kind to the sons of Barzillai of Gilead. Make them permanent guests at your table, for they took care of me when I fled from your brother Absalom. He's saying here, be faithful to those who have been there for you. David said, these guys stuck with me during the rebellion, during the coup. I mean, when almost everyone turned their back on me, these guys, they stayed with me, even at risk of their own life. When everyone else looked at it and and kind of put their finger and felt the winds turning and realized that I'm probably not going to be king anymore, then they turned their back on me, except for these guys. They were there in my toughest time. They risked it all. They were there for me. So you be faithful to them because they were there for me. The older I get, the more important loyal friends become. Friends that stick with you through the years. Friends that are those that walk in when everyone else walks out. That's a true friend. And most men don't have any friends. They have a lot of acquaintances, a lot of people in their network, but they don't have anyone they can really confide in. They don't have anyone that will be there for them in the tough times. They, won't, they don't have anyone that they can really tell their hurts to or their struggles with. And that's why you need to be in a men's life group. We have so many men's life groups. It's kind of blowing up around here, all these men's life groups where men are finding two or three friends that stick with them. You don't need a lot of friends, but you need two or three. I don't care how big your network is. I don't care how many friends you have on social media. You need some real friends, some faithful friends. Proverbs 26 says, everyone talks about how loyal and faithful he is, but just try to find someone who really is. That's so true. Everybody talks a good game when it comes to faithfulness. Hey, I'll be with you to the end. I'll never leave you. You can always count on me. And then about two months, they're gone. Everyone talks a good game when it comes to faithfulness. I know because I have. You can count on me. And then I'm a no-show. People say, you can count on me. And they're not there for you during the tough times. Everybody talks a good game, but so few people are really faithful. That's why I have an opportunity today to share with you the story of Jeff and Sandy Smith because Jeff and Sandy came to the very first service 28 years ago at Woodland Church in that little John Cooper School Auditorium. They were some of the few, and they sat down on the front row with their daughters, Amy and Ashley. And by the way, they came the week before. They heard about the church came the week before and nothing was going on, so they came back the next week. And then they came almost every Sunday since. And Jeff would serve and Sandy would serve and serve and serve and serve and 
faithful, 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 and loyal, 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 and loyal, and just every week doing the small things that God turned into big things. And all along the way, Jeff would say, hey, one day, Carrie, just know I'm going to retire, and I'm moving to the hill country. He would say that every year, you know, but he would just stay. Well, finally, a couple years ago, they did it. They moved to the hill country. After like 25 years, 26 years serving here at Woodland Church, and you know, the older I get, the more I just appreciate faithfulness over time. Faithfulness over time. And so Jeff and Sandy just happened to be back today, along with Ashley and her family. Would you guys stand up? Where are you guys? I know you're out here somewhere. Stand up, Jeff and Sandy. Oh, they're right on the front row. I was looking over you the whole time. Just like 28 years ago on the front row. I love you guys so much, and Chris and I love y'all so much, and to see the legacy of faith that you guys are leaving, so powerful. Why? It's just faithfulness. Faithfulness over time. That's what it is. Just one step of faith at a time, and God does the rest. Carl Kisner was sorting through his granddad's attic after his grandfather had passed away, and and underneath an old birdcage, he found a dusty box, and he opened it up, and there were all these baseball cards that were over 100 years old. In it was a Ty Cobb baseball card, and there was a Cy Young and a Honus Wagner. And, and so after he looked at it for a moment, he put the cards back in the box, and he went on to look for something valuable in the attic. But then it was sometime later that he told a friend about it, and they said, those cards are going to be worth a lot. And it was the greatest find in sports memorabilia history. It was all the rarest cards in mint condition worth millions of dollars. But I want you to know there's something you can leave behind that's worth so much more than millions of dollars of baseball cards, and that's a legacy of faith, following Jesus Christ with all your heart. That's the greatest thing you can leave behind after you're gone, is a legacy of faith, following Jesus Christ with all your heart. See, one day, my kids are gonna go through my stuff. They're gonna go through my books, and they're gonna go through my handwritten sermon notes, and they're gonna go through all of my files and all my stuff, and they're gonna divide some of it up and keep it, and they're gonna throw some of it away. But as they go through my stuff, there's really only one thing I want them to find, and that's evidence of my faithfulness, evidence that I follow God with all my heart, evidence that I faithfully faced my giants, and evidence that I faithfully admitted my failures. That's what I want them to find more than anything else. I want them to find a legacy of faith because that's the only thing that really matters when it's all said and done, that I was faithful. I'm so proud of so many men last weekend who stepped up in our super summer baptism and said, you know what, I'm gonna take a step of faith. And so many husbands took a step of faith with their wives and said, we're gonna build our marriage on Christ. So many single adult men stepped forward and said, I'm gonna follow God with all my heart. There's so many dads stepped forward and were baptized and say, I want God to be first in my family. I wanna leave a legacy of faith. I'm not worried about being a legend I want to leave a legacy. And there were 685 people baptized last week. 
in our super summer baptism at Atascacita here in the Woodlands and at our beach week camp. Here's a little recap to remind you. And it's never too late to leave a legacy of faith. We're having super summer baptism too next weekend. And I'm telling you, you take that step of faith to show that you love Jesus and you want everyone to know that obedience brings blessing. It's one of the greatest things you could ever do to show your family that you love Jesus Christ and want to follow him with all your heart. Next weekend, all you have to do is just bring a change of clothes. And if you forget a change of clothes, we've got everything you need. And then right after service, we have the big baptism. And you'll take a step of faith into the water and you'll start leaving a legacy of faith that lasts for all eternity. Tom Chisholm never achieved what the world would call success. In fact, he tried to be an editor and he failed miserably. And then he tried to be a part-time salesman and he failed at that. He even tried to be a pastor and he felt like a failure at being a pastor. But this frail little man sat down one day and he read this passage in Lamentations 3, verse 20. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss, yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. And Tom Chisholm realized through all of his failures, God was still faithful. Through all of his pain, God's love remained. That God would always be faithful And then he sat down and he penned the words to a song that will live on for hundreds of years. Great is thy faithfulness. A song that's being sung today in churches all over the world. Great is thy faithfulness. And I want us to sing that right now because maybe today you've been unfaithful. You've been unfaithful to God. You've been unfaithful to your family. Maybe you've been unfaithful. But all you have to do is face that unfaithfulness, face that failure, and God's still faithful. The scripture says, even when I'm faithless, he is faithful. There's no perfect earthly fathers. There's a perfect heavenly father that will always be there for you. Maybe everyone else has turned their back on you. Your heavenly father will never leave you or forsake you. His faithfulness is who he is. And that faithful mercy and grace and love is new every morning. And it's never too late to leave a legacy of faith. Let's stand together and let's sing that song by Tom Chisholm. And I pray that you will feel the faithfulness of God the Father, a father who will never leave you. He's not an absentee father. He's a father that's always there. You can always call on him and he's right there because of his faithfulness. Let's sing about his faithfulness right now. Let's pray. Dear God, I just thank you for your faithfulness. Even, Lord, when I've been unfaithful, you've always been faithful. And I thank you, Lord, that your faithful love and your mercy and grace are new every morning. And that means it's never too late to leave a legacy of faith. Lord, I thank you for all those today that feel that tug in your heart that this is their day. This is their day to plant that seed. This is their day to trust you. This is their day to start a journey of faith that leaves a legacy of faith for all eternity. 
Lord, today we say we don't care about ever being a legend, but we want to leave a legacy of faith. So I pray for those who've never received you into their life, they've never placed their faith in you, that they would just pray this prayer silently to you as if they're the only one in this place. Dear Jesus Christ, I need you. I need you to forgive me of all my sins. I need you to come into my life with your Holy Spirit and change me from the inside out. I need you to give me the strength to leave a legacy of faith. I need you to help me face faithfully the giants in my life head on. I need you to give me the wisdom and strength to follow you with my whole heart. I need you to give me the power to faithfully face my failures and to give them over to you. And I ask you for your free gift of salvation and your gift of heaven one day. Thank you for saving me. Help me grow in my faith. And Lord, I pray for everyone today that doesn't feel your presence. They've been faithfully serving you in the small things, but it just feels like, Lord, that what they're doing isn't important. Just remind them, Lord, that if they'll just be faithful in the small things, then you're gonna do something big and great. They can leave it all to you, Lord. They may not even see it in their lifetime. It may be like a shade tree that they never get to sit under, but there will be so many others that will. Lord, help us be faithful in those small things each and every day, knowing that you're watching, that you see it, and you will reward us for it. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you guys just give the Lord a thank you that he loves you, that he is faithful. He's the one that it's all about. And I wanna share with you that we've got this amazing, Father's Day is the greatest day of the year. We all know that. No, we know that's not true. But we celebrate it. We've got this Father Extravaganza out there. We've got cars that are amazing. We've got a golf simulator. Uh, we've got some kind of football thing out there. I don't even know what it is. We've got a baseball home run thing. We've got axe throwing, which is really safe, I'm sure. We've got all kinds of amazing things, food, and I hope you'll stick around and stay. And hey, by the way, Woodlands Worship is putting out a new original song every two weeks, and God's using it in churches all over the country being sung, and God's doing an amazing thing, and you can download the new worship through Spotify or um, Apple Music or all the other, it's on all the platforms. And here's a, a QR code. You can take out your phone, and you can, it'll take you right to how to get Woodlands Worship, so so proud of these guys and what God's doing through them. One of the original songs they wrote is I Belong to You. And what matters most is that we belong to him. It's not about what you do for him. It's about whose you are. And when you belong to him, he will always be there for you. When you're a Christ follower, he's the father that will never let you down. So let's sing that before we go out. Let's just sing and thank him. Thank God for who you belong to. Hey church, thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.